we can want to grow and expand and heal and do all of these amazing things. And what ends up happening when we have a difficulty doing so, we beat ourselves up like we've done something wrong without integrating the understanding that we're bound by how far we've healed. The expansion principle is energy that we haven't experienced on this earth. It allows new timelines. So when you heal something at the sea, in the moment that it occurred, we're talking about tapping into a timeline. So in connection with just this healing process and this invitation to heal, there isn't a need to know all of the things in a conscious level. You get to just know that you want to change and alter it. So if you go back and you're healing something 14 generations ago, there's a lot of people that are descendants that you don't even know. And in that changing and altering, understanding that when you go back far enough, it really impacts the collective. Hello, this is Pam December, and this is the Mad for Purple podcast, your place for all things spirituality, self-actualization, healing, and human design. Keep listening to receive wisdom, tips, and tools as we journey into higher consciousness together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode from Mad for Purple. Today, I'll be talking with my good friend, mentor, and teacher, Dr. Alexis Edwards. Alexis is a 6-2 generator with the 3457 channel of power and hope motivation. I think you'll really hear her role model coming out along with those hope colored, rose-colored glasses, and her stellar intuition. Alexis is a doctor of oriental medicine, a multidimensional healer, psychic author, and founder of the Expansion Principle Healing Technology, as well as the Expansion Principle Institute. She's taken the knowledge she's gained since starting her spiritual journey and transformed it into programs that support spiritual workers and healers. Dr. Alexis' goal is for her students to expand their being by becoming who they are and releasing and healing their past trauma. Through her innumerable lifetimes in relationship with an interdimensional being named Simon, she brings the expansion principle energies to help rewrite the potential future of all humanity. Hi, Alexis, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of dive in. I'm not big on small talk and I know you aren't either. So I like to start off each episode just asking where and when did your spiritual journey begin? So that's really an interesting question in general. I love hearing people's answers as well. I always wonder how to answer that question because for me, there really wasn't a beginning per se. I grew up in a household that was spiritual and all these things that for a lot of people is new and you become new to maybe when you're a teenager or you know early adulthood or maybe even mid to late adulthood. And for me, magic was real and it always was real from when I was small, as long as I can remember. I grew up with stories that were real about really supernatural and unusual things occurring. My dad is a practitioner of Santeria, which is a Yoruba religion out of Africa. It's Afro-Cuban. And so I grew up going to all of those sorts of gatherings and having that within my home and just all of the magic that came along with that. So it just was natural and normal. So there wasn't really a beginning. It was always really there. Oh, I love that so much. I look forward to our children and more children just growing up in that kind of environment where it's just part of life. It's something that maybe you step up through, but it's not something that you have to find and step into from there. 
Yeah. I think it's an incredible thing, like you're saying, for our children too. And I observe it sometimes from my eyes, which will be different from their own observation of, of how it'll be for them. And what's interesting about growing up that way, I think, number one, when I grew up that way, it was a privilege. I think it's a little more common because I see the way I did and the way my children do. But I think that there's then this moment when we integrate it into ourselves. So we grew up and it's magic and we know it's real and there isn't really a question, but there's still this moment when it starts to be ours and our own practices and our own beliefs and like anything in growing that we are exposed to something as children and then it becomes ours, which is still a really beautiful process when that happens. When would you say that it became yours and what did that look like? So one of my favorite stories that I didn't totally remember until a couple of years ago was my sister and I went with my parents to El Salvador, which is where my mom is from. And they went on a trip to the farm, the mountains where she grew up. And we had been there as well, but this trip, they went specifically for something. So we stayed in the city with our great aunt and uncle. And I had seen my dad perform different kinds of cleansings and rituals and things of that nature. And I remember taking these candies and doing the clearing. So candies are sweet. And so there's this sweetening and this protection, you know, with that energy of that sugar, that honey. And I did it for both my sister and I, and then I threw it into the river. And so we were young. I had to have been maybe six years old. So it was interesting. They weren't there and there was already an observation of like integrated it into my own practice without being prompted. And then that was the first really big thing, like, you know, for a kid to feel what they're feeling and then take what they've observed and make a choice to do something that helps move things forward for them. And then more in teenage years, like most things. And definitely when I had my son. So I had my son at 22 and that was integrating it more. Yeah, it's amazing how much of, I'd almost say like an initiation having our children is. It just brings a whole new layer to who we are and who we want to be and what we want for the future. Mm -hmm. And who we're choosing to be in this lifetime. The choice. Yes. Yes. I love that. So around that choice, the expansion principle is your mission. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what the expansion principle is? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you called it my mission this morning. I read something that said around that, like the, the mission piece. Sometimes we have the things we like to do and what excites us. And I really want to, you know, whatever it is. And then there's something that it really isn't. It was chosen before. You chose it when you came and it just is. So it's not that we don't have a choice because obviously we always do, but it was already chosen. It was already decided. So I love how you're tying that together. So the expansion principle is an energy healing technology and it's channeled with myself and a being named Simon. Simon and I began working together consciously for me about six Seven years ago, I was a practicing acupuncturist at the time. And so I was utilizing the energy with my clients, with my patients. And it was really amazing. And over the relationship growing and me attuning to the energy and being able to have this level of energy flow through me, which is a continuous expanding experience for me each time we, you know, sharing the energy with people outside of me was one expansion. And then a couple of years into working with it, attuning other people, and then each level that has come since then, we have level one, level two, and then we have teacher training at this time is an expansion in this energetic flow upgrade, essentially. And so with the expansion principle, after I was using with my clients, there was a moment I was actually receiving massage and these words, expansion principle came in. And 
and then they came out and they came back in and they came back out. And there's this awareness that it was important. And I said inside my head, you know, if I'm supposed to do something with this, I need to remember what these words are so that I may integrate them and do something with them and, you know, get the next piece. And so it stuck and it was there. And you have a moment when you hear or feel something and it's coming through you and you know it's important. And so it was like that. I was aware and I started playing with it. And it's like, okay, that's the name of this. And then I believe it was sometime later that year, maybe a little over a year, it became clear that this was actually something I'd be sharing with people. And it was a modality that we would attune other people to. And when that came through, it was very unusual because I don't know that much about attunements at that time. And I didn't really understand. It's like, we're going to do what? We're going to what? And so it was interesting. It was just there in my awareness. And I joined a mastermind and we had a retreat and I was in Los Angeles for the retreat and we were partnering. So our group split doing different activities in each room were set up for us to practice. So like a mediumship practice and a cards practice and just different things of that nature. And so I was with this woman whom I had just met in this room doing this mediumship practice and we just chatted and Simon came up and the expansion principal came up and I heard ask her if you can attune her. So I told her about it. I said, what if we do this instead? And she said, yes. And I received instructions in the moment of how to attune her in person. Oh, so what makes the expansion principle a unique modality? Oh, you with your questions. I love these. The expansion principle is energy that we haven't experienced on this earth. And I have an awareness of how big that talk is. And it is so big that the listener may just kind of gloss over that and their ear might not even pick up what I said. However, it is. It has not been introduced before. And our closest, for people who are aware of energy work, Reiki is going to be their first one that they know about. And part of it is the longevity of Reiki and the way in which it's been around. And so Reiki is universal life force energy. And my understanding specifically to our planet and our dimensional reality. So yes, it's powerful and yes, it's important, but it's of our frequency and of the frequencies that we're from. So of course, there's more than one frequency of the planet Earth, but we have a range in which we operate. Again, not good or bad. These aren't hierarchical sort of things. It's just these are what we play with on this planet as part of our experience. And the expansion principle is outside of that. Again, not hierarchical. But the reason why using these words and using these sorts of descriptions are important are because introducing something that is new allows for there to be a change. So if you're making a cake and you make the cake the same way every time and it doesn't turn out the way you want, you might want to add a new ingredient and it might not be in your kitchen. And so it's that sort of concept. And so what the expansion principle actually does in being a unique group of frequencies is that it activates this ability to heal at the very seed of the experiences that we've had. Now, I worked with people in private practice for over 10 years. And my observation is that we are bound by our wounds. We can want to grow and expand and heal and do all of these amazing things. And what ends up happening when we have a difficulty doing so, we beat ourselves up like we've done something wrong without integrating the understanding that we're bound by how far we've healed. The reverse, right? Because both are true. This is why healing is so important. And you can do healing however you want. It doesn't have to be this way, but this is why healing and you sometimes there's been this little bit of a movement in the mainstream of, well, you know, at some point you just stop healing. You have to stop working on it. No, at some point you have to stop making yourself insane like you're not enough because you haven't healed enough. But healing is an ongoing forever journey. And the importance of it will save and change this world and this planet. We can't stop healing. This is just not, I'm going to stop breathing and just keep
keep living. That's not how it works. And so the expansion principle energies are sort of like stem cells a little bit where it allows this evolutionary process. It allows new timelines. So when you heal something at the seed in the moment that it occurred, we're talking about tapping into a timeline. And again, I know this stuff is really like big out there, but it's really important concepts and understanding time is a really helpful thing in navigating what we're moving into collectively and understanding that time isn't just the way we experience it, but we are bringing greater awareness. And so yeah, we're tapping into timelines, we're tapping into the beginning, we're going there, we're healing, we're allowing there. And the neatest, most beautiful part is that we don't have to consciously massage all of it. You know, sometimes our minds do need a certain resolution in order to accept a healing, to accept a change, but not always. We don't have to know all of the details all of the time. The 17th generation on the side and the past life, we don't always need to know all of that. There needs to be a presentation of a healing, of a alteration, of a sovereign. Yes, there could have been a different choice. I love that. And I think going back to you don't have to know all the details, the same with if trauma has happened in this lifetime, you're not having to re-experience that trauma to heal it. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Anybody who's been re-traumatized by anything, it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's become culturally acceptable to do so. It feels almost like a badge of honor. Yes. Like I've done the work. I've gone and talked about this thing for however long. And it's like, we don't actually need to. There's, you know, power and connection. But we can always tell. You can always feel when someone's sharing a story from a healed place. And sharing a story from a healed place is completely different from sharing a story that it brings you back to that moment. And that's really what re-traumatization is in my observation and my experience is that the person is tapping back in and they are in emotional and spiritual, non-physical way being transported to that moment in time. Their bodies are still here with you, but everything else is back in that moment of time. So of course, you know, all of these experiences are happening because we don't understand the way that we time travel. We don't understand the power of bringing something up that's not healed. We don't understand that we are being transported back. There's not that recognition and awareness that, oh, perhaps that's not a good idea. Because if we knew, we would never suggest somebody to go back. Well, time travel we know is real now. And we think that you should go back to that moment. And that way you can experience it. Nobody would ever do that. But because we don't have an understanding of that, and really science doesn't understand consciousness or what animates us. So there's that whole thing, which is part of why we don't completely understand time in a scientific way. And spiritually, I believe that we understand time better because we don't need things to be physical. In science, there's this obsession that all things are real if they're physical. That isn't the case. That heavy leaning towards the logic and the physicality and the materialism of science versus like when you get into quantum science and law of attraction and Mm -hmm. how we can manifest things. It's because they already exist. We just have to bring them into this timeline. On this idea that logic is outside of spirituality, you can have both this meshing. It's not just one or the other. True science is this questioning and this wondering and this constant curiosity and excitement. Not like, well, that hasn't been proven yet, so it's not real. You do realize that everything hadn't been proven yet until it was proven, right? Exactly. So for listeners that want to learn more about the expansion principle, I know you have one book out, The Healing for the New Earth. And that's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. It's a short read. It's broken up into two parts. The first part of the book is really a elongated version of what we talked about with the journey of bringing EP, what that was like, all of those things. And then the second part is really the gifts of wisdom that Simon and I wanted to share. And they're quite beautiful. There's different processes within there that you can go through. There's invitations to really contemplate different ideas. And we've touched upon some of them now, but they're quite curious. And what's really nice about the 
the book is that you can read it 10 times and get something different every time, which those are my favorite kinds of books. So it was fun that it, that's what it developed into. Any other books on the horizon? Yes. So I have a second that is complete that will be shared with the world in 2022. Ooh, any little sneak peek? Because this will be airing in 2022. Hello, future. Yes. Yeah, it actually we may be coinciding. The second book is about relationships. When I first started writing the book, I thought that it was going to be romantic relationships. I thought it was two-person sort of exchange and like the magic and beauty of that. My husband and I came back from near divorce because of energy work and not totally even intentionally. I was doing the energy work to be successful co-parents. And what it did was create space for us to heal sufficiently to actually see each other because the problem was never love, as is the case most of the time. And that's a whole separate conversation we could get into at another time. But I thought that that's what the book was going to be about. And then I was writing the book right as George Floyd was being murdered and the energy around me had changed in an instant. And we were flung into this urgency of no longer ignoring really important topics about how we interact with each other and how we dehumanize each other in order to stay in our fear bodies out of the false sense that our fear bodies are what's safe. And there's so much there. And it became very urgent to talk about how to be a human being because it had become quite evident that we had forgotten. And so the book is, I won't reveal the full title, but the subtitle is A Primer on Being Human. And it goes into our wounds, our collective things that we all have, the way that we've treated people, how to change that, how to shift that, how to navigate communication on all levels with each other, the importance of kindness and sovereignty and all of those really, really important things that somehow we have forgotten collectively. And we discuss why some of the awful things enter on an energetic level, why there's availability for that and how to change that availability collectively. Amazing. We'll be sure to link what information we can in the show notes. And as new information comes out, it will be updated. I know something that you talk about a lot is spiritual soup. I don't know if our listeners have heard that term before, but I absolutely love it and would love for you to share what that is for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a term I actually haven't really heard from anyone else. It's not saying I'm the only human that has come up with it because that's the really beautiful thing. Oh, it's so funny. You know, we have this desire to own things. Again, it's part of like that fear body thing. But we tap into things energetically all the time. And so we think that that makes it ours. But anyway, yes. So spiritual soup is the term that I like to use to discuss all that is. Everything that makes you you is within that spiritual soup. And this includes, of course, everything you've experienced in this lifetime, but it also includes the totality of your ancestry. So not just like, oh, seven generations back, we're talking about all the way. This also is going to include all of your own past lives. And it's quick include all the past lives of your ancestors. Now, this is one where it's like, wait, 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 one? It's like, yes, but that makes sense. So if we subscribe to the idea that we do live more than one time and that we have past lives, it would make sense that if your ancestor is informing you, they were informed by their past lives. So why would that not inform you as well? So that's there. And then we have future, of course, because time is not linear. So there's future things. And what's really beautiful is that this is a fluid soup. Of course, it's soup, but it's this moving ingredient right? It's not just there's only this and it's only that when it, it alters and changes and melds. And if you can think about making this big pot of soup, we'll say veg 
vegetable soup because I'm vegetarian. So this vegetable soup, every time you add a veggie, it's not the same when you first put it in as when it cooks all the way through. And if you keep cooking it, it starts integrating into the soup where it's not physically represented anymore. You cook an onion in a soup long enough and it's not going to be there. You know, when your children don't like onions, you cook that soup long enough. They're not, there aren't onions here. And it's really interesting. That's what the spiritual soup is like. And so healing our soup and having this awareness and thinking of it as soup is that that's where our availability for the experiences that we have lie. And so we have this desire as human beings to name, blame, and shame every experience that we have. We want to attribute it to something because somehow there's a program that we've been given that by doing that, it alleviates it. But it isn't true. Pain doesn't become less painful because we know where it came from. We may think so. That healing out the seed is like a seed that's in the soup. Then we start mixing metaphors. Yeah, because we have our magnets, right? Also, like the things that attract our experiences. And when we have magnets that are activated, the magnets are like what resides within the soup as well, which is weird. We're having magnet soup. But I think that the listener will know what I'm talking about. Well, even in human design, we're attracted to what we don't have in our own design, right? It's electromagnetism. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And for everyone listening, a good way to play with your own healing process is when you have, quote unquote, done all the things and something hasn't shifted, that is a big indication that this did not begin in this lifetime. And often the things that we work with and that burden us, I don't want to use that word, but that's the word, that burden us. It's difficult to heal something when you don't know what it is, when you don't have any awareness of anything having to do with it. It's usually somewhere else. It's somewhere in that soup that's a little bit deeper or it's been cooked longer and you don't have an awareness that it was an onion anymore. And so that's where you start playing with things like the expansion principle are incredibly powerful because you don't have to know. And so while all our practitioners are trained in how to walk with that energy and help walk their clients through healing that, it isn't always necessary to get all the detail. And so this is one of the most powerful things where you can listen to an EP healing meditation, healing transmission, and it can move things beyond what you even have concept of. And then you can go even more deeply. It's just really fascinating how there's this continually evolving levels of freedom, really. And then the ripple effects that that creates in lineages in the people that you are in direct contact with even on a daily basis and beyond that's the really trippy thing where we have to be a little bit self-centered as humans because that's what's part of what keeps us alive you know in terms of our physical body because we're also bound a lot by our biology and we're you know built a certain way in order to keep the body safe because our physical body is actually quite fragile and so the human in that fragility has all of these things that just that has us think and, and feel and in certain ways you know so in connection with just this healing process and this invitation to heal. There isn't a need to know all of the things in a conscious level. You get to just know that you want to change and alter it. And in that changing and altering, understanding that when you go back far enough, whether or not you have the awareness of going back far enough, it really impacts the collective. So if you go back, let's say 14 generations and you're healing something 14 generations ago, there's a lot of people that are descendants that you don't even know. Thousands of people. Yes. And we just went 14 and there isn't a limit. 
when you start to look at that sort of thing and how far back you can actually go and how many generations you can go, you're talking about thousands of generations. So you're talking about millions of people that are being affected. So this is why healing is so important. We're tricked into this idea of thinking that it's just about me. It's self-centered. It's not. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do for humanity is to heal and be committed to it in a really beautiful, light way. Not like, no, we don't need to do that. It's an ongoing process. It's like when we become obsessed with eating and and that sort of thing, it's like, well, you're going to do it forever. So maybe not take that point of view. It just is. It's like, well, we, we eat. We eat every day. We eat several times a day. Why not heal? Yeah. And have this awareness of it. And it doesn't need to be this like obsessive, crazy thing. It's just part of it. There are people who have obsessions with food and have those sorts of issues. And there's people who help people with that sort of thing. And that's usually going to have a root in a past life or somewhere in this too. Right. And so, yeah, just this invitation to recognize the way that your individual healing affects the collective in a massive, massive, massive way. This isn't just you and family and the people you know. This is really huge. And this is why it's so important. And this is why this modality is so important because it isn't just healing a couple layers back. It is going all the way to the seed. If we heal enough seeds, does this tip the balance of how we interact with one another of what's possible? I'm a dreamer and I know I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. I love that. I wear rose-colored glasses proudly because I know that those rose-colored glasses are showing me what's possible. I believe that with every fiber of my being. And the more of us that share that, like this does make an impact. We get to choose what reality we create together. What a reality it could be for our children and our children's children and for them to make choices and things that are from a healed place instead of from their wounding that's just unfathomable like the possibility yeah i love that is there anything that we haven't touched on that you're really excited to talk about right now so one of the things i'm really excited to talk about is that we have increased the number of courses that we're teaching so that is really exciting it's easier as human beings to have areas of focus because when we try and do everything and to play with this thematic concept, so not just within my work, but this introduction to people to experience life in a thematic way, whether it's themes that they're introducing because it's something they're interested in or in observing the thematic nature of their lives. So yes, we do all the things that we're doing, but also engaging in the theme and having awareness of this theme and playing with it and then realizing when we flow into the next and to the next. Like living with intent and living on purpose in being. Yes. And allowing the evolution of that being because we can begin thinking we're living on purpose and intentionally, but we can start to tighten the screws of the vice and not have any flexibility or movement. Like, oh, but this is what I'm here to learn about. That's it. You can learn that theme or energetic signature. So like, let's say a person is here to learn about love. There are countless ways to learn about love. And so taking that and looking at our incarnation cross and our incarnation cross, yes, it's beautiful and it has this flavor, but you can then take that flavor to absolutely anything in the whole world. It doesn't mean you only can be an accountant, for example. It's not that at all. And we, as human beings, we think that, oh, well, this means that I have to be like, you know, a warrior. It means I need to go join the military because that's what that says. Well, no, actually you get to do whatever you want and recognizing that you can take the energy and the essence of the purpose of your life and apply it to themes as they evolve instead of trying to stick
tick ourselves in boxes and deny our evolution because we do that a lot of times. Like, but that's not what I was here to do. How do you know? Does it feel correct? Yes, please tap into. <laughs> Does it feel correct? That's such a powerful question to ask oneself and really tapping into that body consciousness. That's with human design. That's what it's all about, right? Using your body consciousness to move through the world. We've been ruled for thousands of years by the Ajna and this awareness and putting things into boxes. And we're moving away from that towards this more emotional awareness and the feeling and being of what lights us up. And as generators, that's our gift to the world, right? The more light up energy we put out there. If we can't do it, how do we expect others to do it? If we who are built to be lit up through passion and work, you know, work, 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 because we're passionate, not work, 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 because we're supposed to not work or work till we die because it's the only way No work for passion. If we can't show that you can live passion, how can anyone else possibly? Oh, exactly. And when we generator types make up 70% of the population, like that's a lot of people, a lot of light, a lot of light. Oh, I love that. Oh, that makes me emotional. Uh, is there any? Anything you or Simon would like to leave listeners with who are maybe just beginning their own spiritual journey or maybe they've been on it for a bit? His favorite thing to share with people is continue. There's so much power in just that and continue. And we invite the listener to contemplate what that means. You can feel that. I love language. There's so much power in words. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, for having us. So if listeners want to find you, where might they go? Yes. So we like to play an Instagram a lot. So we're the Expansion Principal Institute on Instagram. And then we do have a website that has you know, more information for people who really like to have all the data and know all the things. That's the place. If you like to just play in the lightness and what's in the moment, it's Instagram. But the website has a lot of you know the offerings, both do, of how to play with us. And there's lots of ways to do that. We have practitioner trainings, of course, and just so many different things. But yeah. Please share with us what comes up with you for the word continue. We would love to hear. Thank you so much for being here. We always have such great conversations and finally recorded it. Thank you to everyone listening. Thanks, Pam. What a great conversation. And I'm so glad that we were able to share it with you. Some key takeaways. One, healing is like breathing and is an ongoing forever journey. Two, there are ways of healing trauma without revisiting them. Three, if you have done all the things and your healing hasn't shifted, this is an indication that you are dealing with something outside of this lifetime. Four, one of the most beautiful things you can do for all of humanity is to heal because your healing heals the collective. And last but not least, continue. Now, before I let you go, be sure to check the show notes or go to my website to find all the details on how you can find Alexis when the new book comes out. There'll be links for that as well. And don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button on your podcast listening app so that you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out each Thursday, so be sure to tune in. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you then.